Welcome to the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with Dr. Fuck and the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Ian Wadley, better known as Wadzilla. So enjoy another awesome, incredible episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast. Bam, 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 diddly dee. Smack a gob, everybody. It's me, Thelma from Good Times. Is with me is. Oh, yeah! JJ Wadzilla, baby. What's going on? JJ, did you use my hairspray? Dynamite! Man, that, that show had the coolest father ever. James. He was such a badass. He'd tell fucking JJ one time, he's like, Go fix that. Make it snappy, nappy. That shit's badass. Gotta love James. Damn, damn, damn when he died. Yeah. You know, and it's a fuck it. He left the show because they wouldn't give him enough money. Yeah. He said, fuck it. Kill me. I don't care. Yeah. Yeah, he he did, actually. But then... then I'm James Amos, bitch. He's a badass actor, that guy. He was in Die Hard 2, I think. Yep. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a badass. I love, I love old James, and he's still around. Hell yeah! So, Ian, yeah. the golden question. Yes, what, sir. What's happening? <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna tell Mama. Ah, uh, yeah, D. <laughs> D's nuts. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I got you. <laughs> you know, yesterday, me, me and Willie. You know, Willie. He. Uh, yeah. He, he, me and him have this thing called the wh- the whistle stadium, where when he calls me, you know, we try to get each other. Like if he says, I go, hey Ben, and he's like, what? I go, you know, the little whistle. <laughs> oh, and then he goes, oh, we're in whistle stadium. I remember, you know, we do that. So yesterday we're at this loud death metal concert, and I did mm-hmm. it. Then so I went up to his ear and I went, hey Jay Wayne. He's like, what? I went, Right in the- <laughs> yeah, Dr. Fuck coming through. And on top of that, Willie was obliviated beyond control. He was so drunk, so it was extra easy to get him. Where he doesn't even realize, you know, I got him. He was so fucking drunk. But, yeah, he saw me like, bro, I uh, you know, starts kissing me and shit. You know what I like about Willie is, uh, you know, our listeners might not know this, but Willie is extra hairy. Yeah, but he he started using Manscaped. Yeah, and he he trimmed his pubes to yeah. look like you know like a vagina above his peepee. So it's like you know if you're down there, you know it's like you know tit for tat, you, you know one or the other. He's very creative with Manscaped. Manscaped. Yeah, available and- at Ace Hardware, True Value, and uh, participating Walgreens. And not a lot of people know this. Willie was Bigfoot till Manscaped. <laughs> when Manscaped arrived, he became, he looks human now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it kind of backfired on him because when he trimmed everything, you're like, oh, shit. Look at that yeah. little thing. <laughs> Sometimes you need the bush. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know nothing about that, dude. I'm not into, like, trannies. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know what that meant, but, you know, whatever. 
I don't know why I brought it up right now, but whatever. But that's that's why we are an awesome podcast because Ian, we're funny. That's right, and we don't discriminate. We hate everybody. So everybody out there that's not laughing now, you better start laughing because we're funny. Laugh. God damn it. Laugh, damn it. Yuck, yuck. <laughs> All right, so what else is going on, dude? Oh, we're... we're uh, let's see. Oh, it, this is something I, I can't believe. Well, I can believe this. Uh, I heard that you are now in Facebook jail yet again. Yes, look, I I just came out of Facebook jail after 30 days. And on the same day, this is what I did. Mark left, you know, one of his like, oh, look at me and, you know, get attention. And a side note, I fucking love Mark. That guy cracks me up, but all for the wrong reasons. But still, funny's funny, you know? Uh, But anyway, he wrote... Uh, just to get people, you know, all wild up. You know, the three people on his group. Um, hey, uh, this cult album beats the ass of this Guns N' Roses appetite for destruction. So me, grooving around, I wrote, when I see you in Nashville, I'm going to hit you over the head with the appetite for destruction CD and a brick. Bam, 30 days. 30 fucking days for that. And I was like, God damn, I just came out. And now they threw another 30 days at me. Unbelievable. And little did I know, not only is Mark tight, with tight, 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 with the, yeah. Facebook, with the Facebook police, but yeah. he, you know, we all look at uh, Mark as a goof and shit. And that's his right. story, dude. He, he does that because I did research on, on Mark. Mark has his own UFO, and he is the head <laughs> of the Illuminati. <laughs> well... You know, what's funny is the joke's on Mark because Mark just got banned for 30 days. Oh, yeah? What did he do? He posted a selfie. They thought he was making fun of retarded kids. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) and that that reminds me. Let's plug the Free Folk Podcast. There's a plug for Mark, who we're talking about, has a podcast called the Free Form Rock Podcast. Ian, stay quiet. I'll I'll take all the blame for this. Check out his podcast, the Freeform Rock Podcast, here on Podbeam and on your mom's phone. <laughs> Poor Mark, you know he, he really needs to get out of the uh, you know the podcast business. I really think he can just post a selfie, you know, on Facebook and start a GoFundMe, and would make millions, you know, because they try to figure out a cure for whatever the fuck that is, you know. Poor bastard. Damn. Just wait. Just wait till we see his ass in fucking Nashville. Yeah. I, I hope I hope he survives it. I, I really do. I hope we don't end up in court over that shit. Mark, you got nothing to worry about, bro. Okay. We, we, should, we, we got to make him sign some kind of release. <laughs> like, as soon as he starts hanging out with us, that we're not liable for whatever happens to him. <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. I'll text ta- I'll, I'll him later. I have his number, by the way. Oh yeah, number two. We're we're texting buddies. We, we you know he texts me and I'm like one of that those buddies that ignore him. I yeah. text back and here and there. Now nah, he's a good dude. He, Mark, we goof on him, but he's a good dude. We love Mark. Yeah. Because yeah. at least he's smart enough not to be associated with a a racist in Boston, you know. Yeah. 
But how bad do you got to suck for Lee Gersman to quit your show? <laughs> I don't know. Well, me and Lee are starting a podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It's called, Where Are You, Ralph? <laughs> and every episode, he's there talking to himself, waiting for me to call. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Jody grind these nuts. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh god. Oh man. But uh yeah, I mean Facebook, I, I gotta tell you, I took you know, since I moved here I kinda took a little sabbatical. I was just burned out on it, you know. From doing the post every day and after a while you kinda run out of shit to post. But I also get sick of them coming back. I keep getting like warnings and shit for stuff I posted like in 2014. Right. You know, I don't, I don't get, it's like, hey, asshole, you let me post it back then and now you want to give me beef over it now? And it's just, it's really just suck the fun out of uh, uh, Facebook, you know, and, and, and there's so many things that I used to post and pictures and funny shit that there's no way in hell you can post now. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's ridiculous, but you know what? It's a tool for what I do, you know? Oh, no, I get it definitely for the, for the show, and it's a way to talk to the to the listeners and everything. So I get that, but what's funny now is, you know, we're so old. To a younger generation, Facebook has become passe. You know, that's what, ugh, my grandma's on Facebook. You know, they're on their TikTok and their Instagram and I'm sorry, I'm not joining any more of that shit. I don't need any more social media fucking shit to fucking deal with. You know, if you want to follow us, you know, look on Facebook. I'm, do you do that Instagram and TikTok bullshit? Man, no, not TikTok, but Instagram. I have an Instagram account that's just floating there. I never post it. I do now and then. Oh. Like, I have like a, like maybe two times last month because I've been in jail. I got, I got yeah. Twitter. I have Twitter. Well, I think I've signed up on Twitter and Instagram, but I don't, I don't do anything with it. Dude, I, I put, know, up, I, I don't know. I put up one or two videos a day, so I plug the shit right. out. I, I post it everywhere, but now I can on Facebook. I can do it on, you know, this this profile I've had forever that I never go on. I went on there, and. uh Oh, yeah, and I told Ian, Ian, add me to the group. You added me to the group, and I can yeah. comment in the group, but I can't post. <laughs> Is that stupid? Huh. I don't That's know. That's weird. Yeah, it doesn't let me, like, it, it even pops up something. You're restricted from posting. But yet I can comment. Weird. Right. But whatever. Yeah. I need Facebook for my for my plugging and all that shit. And yeah, I have, like, 5,000 friends. That you know I'm friendly with and I talk to on a daily basis, so it's very helpful for me, you know. Right. Well, you know, because of all the bullshit with it, I think that's something we need to stress to everybody with your YouTube channels is make sure you subscribe to that. You know, because not only does that help your channel and everything, but subscribe to it, like the video, make sure you get notified when any new video is posted. Uh, because, you know, that's what I got, so I know every time you do it. So that way, whether you're in Facebook jail or not, when, you know, when you got a new video that comes out, I know about it right away, 
and I suggest everybody does that. And again, just makes your video that more popular. And it's I'm I'm learning about these uh, different algorithms or whatever on YouTube. Uh, another thing that helps your YouTube channel is people commenting on it. So the more people comment on it and hit the likes, the more you know exposure your video gets. And you know something we should say that you talked to me about, we haven't talked about on the show, is uh, soon we're going to be doing um, video and stuff for these episodes. So it'll be on uh, you know YouTube as well as it'll be an audio visual podcast. Yeah, without really. Yeah, <laughs> but we're just waiting. I, I need to get a setup uh, in my garage and stuff because as of right now. You know, I just do this shit in my fucking bedroom, like sitting on my bed. That's the way I've always done this show. Uh, but now I'm going to have to put clothes on and, uh, you know, get in front of the camera. But we're going to do it as soon as I get the layout and stuff. But we'll be moving to that in the future. And that'll be the same thing, you know. Encourage everybody, just like with the Almost Human page. Subscribe to that shit. Make sure you get all notifications. Like all the videos. Do the opposite of what you do to that other show. Don't hit the dislike. Hit the like, you know, and then comment and tell us how how mean and unfunny we are. Yeah, yeah. That, there's already a Rock and Metal Combat Podcast YouTube page. It's just floating there, and I want to update it. Yeah. No, and that's the way to go. You know, and it's the funny thing. When we first started this, way back in 2014, hell, going on a decade ago, I said we should do that instead of podcast. Like, no, I want to be a podcast. You know? Yeah. It was, but, but uh, at the time, no, not yeah. doing podcasts, but at the time it was more popular than YouTube, like to get your point across. Right. But uh, yeah, so that'll be coming in the future. There's a lot of people. Uh, uh, unlike Mark's wife, who is not coming in the future or the oh. present oh. or even the past. Oh. <laughs> that poor woman. That was, that was Ian, the one you agree with. That's the one that said that. <coughs> Yeah. Well, his wife will agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I said it. Yeah, well, what can you do? All I know is that uh, a lot of our listeners listen to us while they go to work and, you know, long commutes and shit. Right. So, you know, I mean, those are the people that will keep listening to the podcast, not the YouTube thing. But there's a lot of people that will love the YouTube thing, especially if I plug it on my page. We already have over a thousand oh, yeah. subscribers, but I cheated. I, I I put the podcast on a YouTube page that already had a thousand subscribers. Hey, there you go. So. There you go. But but I, I get it. I mean, because you know we don't have that many videos, and that's why people come here. But we, you know, we can do that. You know, we can. You know, and we can do different stuff on the YouTube too. We can just do one where we bullshit and talk to the fans if we want. You know, it kind of opens up more more yeah. avenues. So yeah. I, I think it is going in the right direction. We can do live YouTube shows and shit. There you go, where people uh, do super chats to talk to us and pay us money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. So Let's we got a buck. We got some news and shit. Yeah, let me check out the news and shit. See what happened. Uh, obviously, we just recorded the other day, so we don't have as as much news. But uh, let's see what we got here. Uh, Billy Sheehan says, Mr. Big fans will be very pleased when they learn the new drummer's identity. 
I'll be very pleased that they start writing good music. Hey! Um, yeah, they're sure being really tight-lipped about, you know, whoever this new person is. Do you have any guesses? Yeah. It's either Ricky Rocket or the guy that played for Rafi. <laughs> Uh, I, you know, the guy who's in every band is, is Mike Portnoy, but for some reason, I don't think it's him. Nah. Uh, you know, I hope it's Alan Schwartzberg. The best yeah. kid drummer ever. Brands on Fig. Yeah. Does he even play anymore? Yeah, he plays with Ace now and then. I mean, that guy is, I mean, you, did you ever check out in the 80s, the David Letterman show? When, oh yeah, yeah. He was the drummer. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes he do skits. Like one time, he walked off the drum set and walked up to Dave and sat down. And Dave's like, "Hey, Anton, yeah, hi, Dave. I'm just, I just came here to plug what I'm doing." He's like, "Oh, what are you doing? Oh, I'm playing drums over there for you." And then he goes, "Oh, okay, Anton. Okay, you can go now." No, he goes, "No, no, no. I got something else to promote tomorrow." Oh yeah, what? I'll be over there playing drums. <laughs> <laughs> then there was another time Paul Schaefer six evil butterflies on him and and you know it had this weird stupid special effect and you can see it's so phony like him jumping off like he's getting attacked by these butterflies and you can see him put the blood capsule in his mouth and bite down on it then fall on the ground with blood coming out of his mouth <laughs> Anton Fig rules man see not only did he did a, a, some shit with Ace and Kiss but he, he, he's a funny ass dude and he's really bad at it because he's constantly laughing while he's trying to be serious yeah. like really bad acting he's got Anton Fig rules I want to meet that guy have him sign my dynasty album yeah when's he coming to Rocket Pod maybe next year yeah get that going Chris yeah work on that shit alright well uh, so seriously though you don't have any guess, I mean, guesses on who it's going to be no I don't yeah. Nor do we give a shit, really. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> We're being... why I don't. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, ex-Mechadeth bassist David Ellison uh, was asked if there's ever going to be another Big Four concert. And, uh, you know, yeah, he kind of gave the, the simple answer. Well, there's no Slayer, so how do you do the Big Four? There's also no Ellison in Megadeth, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, he, he, if it does I, happen, if it does happen, it ain't gonna be with Allison. <laughs> exactly. Um, but man, uh, it was funny. I was reading the article, and then they, you know, they switched from him to a lot of shit that uh, Mustaine said about the Big Four shows. And man, it was just some whiny shit about oh, you know, it was just you know Metallica plus us three. They had the bigger stage set. Longer play time. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know that's gonna happen. You know, and and I just think it's funny that you know they had to go on before Slayer. I love that, but if you look at it, I mean, if you look at it honestly, of course you know Anthrax is gonna open up. Yeah. But you know, you know, Slayer did better touring wise than Megadeth. You know. At the end, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, Megadeth had bigger album sales in the 80s and early 90s, but then they petered out where, 
you know, Slayer just stayed on the same trajectory and just did even better with concert sales and, and definitely merch. You know, sl shit, Slayers become damn near like the Ramones. Yeah. You see more Slayer shirts than you see, you know, albums sold. Right. But, uh, this day, did you see one of the Big Four shows? No, I didn't come here. I oh, okay. did see it live in the theater, though. I went to the theater and they played it live when they were in, I don't know, Romania or some shit. And, you know, oh, they all came Bulgaria. Out. Yeah. yeah, they all did Am I Evil. I, I was at the theater seeing it live while it happened. Right on. All right. Well, I want to give a big thanks to singer Scott Stack. He says he'll take the blame for Creed's original split. And, uh,. God bless him for that. And uh, it just got me thinking, man, it sucks that we had to live through that shit, you know? No, you did not. I, I didn't listen to that crap. Oh, I didn't listen, but I mean, well, I mean, did you hear rock radio at all at that time or no? I'm not sure. What year did they come out? I was listening to rock radio in the 90s. Like around Nirvana and maybe a little yeah. after that, and then I just stopped. Well, they were after Nirvana. I would have to look, but I just remember, you know, because, you know, when they were big is when I was in Florida. And, man, the local rock station, it was just a horrible fucking time to listen to the radio. And I was thinking about it today when I was looking at the story, and, uh, you know, I, I was thinking about you a lot because I was like, man, this, this must have been... You know, what I had to live through in my 20s, listening to the radio, you know, when I work construction, I'm on a job site where the radio is on all day and shit. And, uh, you know, it must have been what it was like for you in your 20s when the cock rock started taking over everything, you know, when the cock rock was all over, you know, MTV and shit. Yeah. And to, and, and to see, like, ah, what's this watered down shit? You know, this ain't what you know, metal's about, you know, and that's how I was, you know, it went from, you know, I had a couple of good years of seeing bands that I liked, you know, in big arenas, but then it went to all the club shows, which, you know, had its plus and minuses, but it was really, you know, just seeing, like, this is what's popular now, and I imagine that's how it had to be for you when Cock Rock rose up, you know, you're like, what the, this is more popular than, you know, Maiden or merciful fate you know or whatever you know and that and that's how i was and it's just like oh all these bands sounded the same much like the cock rock bands but it was just so like oh and in, in the 80s i spent several years working for my dad in his hardware store and yeah. i had radio i had a, a tape deck there and i would play my cassette all day yeah you know it was very rare i played the radio even back then but yeah, I was aware of it because it was all over Headbangers Ball. Had a bunch of that cock rock bullshit during it, and uh, yeah, yeah, I did see it and hear it a lot back then. But yeah, it was terrible. But you know, I mean, I put on my cassettes, man, and my those horrible Metal Blade albums you hate with the bad production. I, <laughs> I love shit like that, man. I would listen to that shit, you know, when I was a kid. So you know, MTV never ever was something that i mean it was rare that you know that they would play something that wow what's this it did happen but it was very rare and uh yeah. 
you know, going to record stores, man. I was just like I, how I was before MTV, during MTV. But Headbangers Ball, man, most times I'd be out. So I'd set the timer on the on the thing and then, you know, watch it yeah. the next day. And fast forward through all the fucking hair metal shit. And <laughs> I wouldn't watch it at least once, you know, to see yeah. how it is if I didn't know them. Like, I remember Bang Tangle. <laughs> I fast forward that every time I saw it again. And uh, uh, that, that one song is really good, though. Is it? That I like it. That's news to me. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, yeah, whatever, man. I mean, but yeah, that that time though, I remember, man. It was like, fuck, you know, around Creed the time Creed was out, it was like fucking, you know, disturbed. You know, your your Limp Biscuit, your fucking Bush. Um, Lincoln Park, just all these like horrible, horse stained. You know, it's like, oh god, this shit is not fucking, you know, metal. But you you couldn't escape it, yeah. especially in central Central Florida. That shit was just fucking huge. Um, but it's just like, what a what a dark time. What a, and a lot of, you know, the bands we love, you know. Really, a lot of them weren't putting out their best material either, you know, if you're honest about it, you know. So, oh, but God damn it. I thank God they went away, and I hope they never come back. Uh, fuck. And, uh, yeah, fuck them. But a band I would love to see come back, and apparently sure, uh, so would Sherry Curry, is The Runaways. Yeah, what's up with that? Why won't they come back? Okay. Here, here's the story. Apparently, you know, a lot, it all comes down between Lita Ford and Joan Jett. And they've gone back and forth with each other. You know, Lita's made a lot of comments about, oh, you know, F that dyke, you know, kind of shit. And you know what I'm summarizing here. But I guess what it really comes down to is a beef between Lita Ford and Joan Jett's manager. And I guess... Joan Jett's manager is pretty much like a Colonel Tom Parker, you know, like has his hands and everything. It has pretty much since the early 80s and not only, you know, in the business side, but writes a lot of the music with her and shit like that. So it's like, you know, you don't you don't get to Joan Jett without this guy. And she has a big problem with that. And uh, and Sherry said that. uh you know, at one point, Lita was really into it, and then Joan wasn't, you know, and then Joan was into it, and Lita wasn't, and Sherry's um, the only one that's kind of like friends with everybody, uh, always was. She said she's the only member to play with every other member of the Runaways after they broke up, and she's basically says in this new interview, you know, Lita and, and Joan just need to fucking grow the fuck up and get over it saying we owe it to the fans and apparently right now Joan is the one who's like nah we're not fucking teenagers anymore blah 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 um, but I would like to see that man I would definitely go check out the Runaways hell yeah I'd be there I have a couple of their albums I dig them yeah you know I think it would just be a, a fun show I mean yeah they're all in their 60s now but I don't give a shit you know they got some good rocking tunes and uh man I remember shit uh, we're talking about maybe eight or ten years ago now. I went 
I saw Joan Jett and Lita Ford in the same week. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I got to hear them, you know, both do Cherry Bob and shit. And I thought they were both incredible, you know. I love Joan Jett. And uh, the same with Lita, you know. And I think it'd just be a fun show. And, you know, do it while you still can, you know. Yeah, yeah they're but, like the tooth but, now. Yeah, but, uh, but who knows. They can't well, roll up. Oh, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They come out there as the, not the runaways, but the walkers, the walkaways. Yeah. Be, like, oh, this elderly person went missing. <laughs> yeah, one of them will step on their nipple and trip on stage. <laughs> but, uh, well, well, it won't be Joan, she's a little flat. But, uh, oh, it, we were talking in the last episode about uh, Kingdom Come, you know, they're talking about all the issues with, uh, with James Kotek. Well, I saw some footage of them playing in uh, Las Vegas. With uh, they have Blas Elias from Slaughter as their current drummer, and um, I gotta say, I didn't think it sounded too bad. I'm, I'm not a huge Kingdom Come fan. I never bought any of their albums and stuff, uh, but I thought it sounded pretty good. And I, I'd check them out, like you know, if they were opening for somebody, I'd, I'd go in to see them before the show started. Uh, but man, it was pretty, it was pretty embarrassing if you watch the video. I mean, it really looks like, you know, they're playing at a bar, <laughs> you know, it's not a club, it's a bar. But you said, you said they sucked when you saw them at, uh, Monsters of Rock, huh? They were terrible. It was so bad. Yeah, it wasn't, everybody thought that too. Everybody's like, man, get the fuck off stage and bring Metallica out, you know? Right now, would you say... It was just that you didn't dig at all what they were doing, or you like seriously, it was like a bad performance. No, I didn't dig what they were doing. I don't know if they played bad or not. You know, I guess they played okay, but I didn't like the songs. Right. You know, third-rate Zeppelin. Yeah, I re yeah, Kingdom Clone was the big thing everybody said when they came out. Which I thought was funny because to me, it wasn't even close to fucking Zeppelin. But, uh, oh, that Get It On song was very Zeppelin. Yeah, but to, to me, it was no more a Zeppelin ripoff than Still the Night. I mean, that, you want to talk about a blatant yeah, that Zeppelin ripoff. That was a ripoff, too, but they did it well. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, yeah, I always loved that, but I mean, god damn, that was like, to me, that was just as a blatant ripoff. It, but you're right, though, it was a much better song, so. I guess if you're gonna rip it off, you gotta do it a lot better than get it on. <laughs> God, that song. But I remember it was. But I. But I remember the the second album, In Your Face. They had a song called Do You Like It, and I thought I thought that was a pretty good song, and it didn't sound as much as, you know, like Zeppelin. But like I said, I've never bought any of their albums. Didn't hear a whole album, so I don't know if it was worth a shit. But I thought the the singer sounded pretty good. Um, Lenny Wolf. Yeah, no, no, no. He's not with them anymore. It oh, was, uh, thing. Yeah, it's, uh, what's his name? Keith St. John. He was playing with Montrose before he offed himself. Uh, but I, I, I think he's a pretty good singer. And the band side, I, I thought they sounded good. Wow, even after he offed himself. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, well, here's something. Wait, 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 before you keep going, I got to bring up 
How funny was it that their second album was called uh, In Your Face? Think about yeah. it. Kingdom Come In Your Face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I picked it up. <laughs> I didn't buy it, but I picked it up at the record store. Then I put it back down and bought something else. <laughs> Uh, oh, I saw some, some footage of uh, your buddy Ace Fraley played his first concert of 2023 in Bristol, Tennessee. Mm. I wonder if I wonder if Sinzak went and saw that. Uh, I don't know how far Bristol is from Nashville. But uh, I gotta say, I like the set list. Oh, yeah? What uh, you yeah. Uh, well, you know, there's a lot of the standards, but he added... Uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. Fuck yeah. Uh, he played Insane, which I love off the second album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he did Getaway. I like that. Fuck. Uh, Escape from the Island. What? I like yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'll read you the whole set list. You, you know, uh, Parasite, Snowblind, Speeding Back to My Baby, Stranger in a Strange Land, Insane. Getaway, Rock Soldiers, Rocket Ride, Escape from the Island, Love Thief from Kiss uh, was played partially, uh, Detroit Rock City, Rip It Out, New York Groove with God of Thunder intro, Let Me Go Rock and Roll was partially played, uh, Shock Me, Guitar Solo, Cold Gin uh, mixed with Black Diamond, and Deuce. That's a pretty lengthy fucking set list. Yeah, but I, I gotta say, even just adding, like, you know, stuff like Stranger to Strange Land, uh, Insane, Getaway, Escape from the Island. Yeah. I like that, you, you know? That's awesome. Much that's much awesome. more interesting than what, you know, Kiss is, is, you know, schlepping on this last tour, you know? So, but I did watch uh, footage from it. They had a uh, live video for... Stranger to Strange Land, New York Groove, and Deuce. Uh, but man, I gotta say, he's really, uh, he's really letting that band do all the heavy lifting. Yeah. And and uh, you know the the one I watched, you know, fully was Stranger to Strange Land. It's like, wow, you know, I haven't heard him play that, you know. And uh, his singing, I thought, was was very weak. I mean, I mean, he's not like a powerhouse vocalist, but it's like, you know, kind of winded and, you know, I don't know. You just, you hear a lot more of the back, the other guys singing than you do him. And I mean, he's plugged in, but now he's like with two other guitar players. So it's almost like a, you know, a puppet show. But, but still, I, I think it, at least whatever he's schlepping out there, uh, you know, I think changing up the set list like that gives the fans a lot more, you know, a lot more bang for their buck than going out there and just, you know, doing like an Iron Maiden where it's the same fucking shit, you know, or what Kiss is doing. Uh, I don't know. To me, mix, mixing up a set list goes a long way and, and would definitely entice me more to go see him if he came around. I'd go. Well, yeah, you go no matter what, but I mean, uh, but wouldn't you agree? Just I mean, even something simple as adding like four different songs, uh, you know. Yeah, Wait love it. Ace, I, I'll give him that. Love it. You hear a little bit of that solo from "Let Me Go Rock and Roll" would be fucking choice. 
Get yeah. away. You kidding me? That shit's awesome. I would love to see that. Get oh, out of yeah. Detroit Rock City already and Love Gun and all that shit. You know, just do your yeah. soul shit, you know? Or some guitar yeah. from Classic Kiss. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see Mad like throwing some trouble walking too and shit like that. But uh, still, I mean, in this day and age, man, it's, it's nice to see a little bit of variety. Yeah. Shot. All right. Well, talk about somebody who's irrelevant. Uh, Avenged, Avenged Sevenfold's Sinister Gates said Eddie Van Halen is the godfather of metal guitar. Somebody wrote that for him. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. He thinks, actually, C.C. DeVille's the best. Mm. But, uh, I mean, while we, you know, I love and worship Eddie Van Halen, you know, well, the old shit, um, well, anything with Dave, but I would not call Eddie Van Halen the godfather of metal. You know, to me, there's only one godfather of metal, and that's Tony Iommi. Of course. You know, uh, you know, and I always agreed with what, you know, what Dave called Van Halen. He called it big rock. And I think that is like the perfect way to describe Van Halen. You know, I mean, there's some heavy ass Van Halen shit, but when you cut down to it, I mean, big rock is just the perfect way to describe him. And I think overall, I mean, definitely in the 80s, you had so many Eddie Van Halen clones and people ripping off, you know, that style and everything and the, and the shredding thing. But if you go consistently from the start of metal through now, there's there's no bigger guitar player that's ripped off than Tony Iommi. You know, with those, I mean, he set the template that's still followed in one way or another till today, so. Uh, but Avenged Sevenfold, what are they, like fucking 28? They probably never even heard of Black Sabbath. Yeah. No, I'm surprised they know who uh, fucking Eddie Van Halen is. Yeah, true. I mean, I saw that band live. They were fucking terrible. So I'm open for Metallica. They were so yeah. bad. They were so fucking bad. But the, the place went wild and the kids loved it, so whatever the fuck. You know? I'm just. Yeah. yeah I, that's that's, yeah, that's just like bushy music. Ooh. I bet Bushy likes that shit. He probably does. I bought one of their CDs. I liked one song, and I don't even like it anymore, but I liked it at the time. And I was like, oh, God. I mean, I didn't like one other fucking song on the fucking album. I was like, God damn, that hasn't happened to me since the late 80s, early 90s. <laughs> you know, I was a little bit more frivolous back then. I was like, oh, I like one song? Okay, I'll buy it. You know? Nowadays, though, you know, with the internet, you can check out more before you fucking buy it. Yeah. But, oh, I wish I had that money back. <laughs> that was one of those CDs uh, for the people who missed out uh, last year at Rocket Pod, man. I I brought a lot of CDs, and you brought some too, right? Yeah, uh, a bunch. Yeah, we were just giving away music. I mean, we were a big hit. We had people come up who didn't even listen to the show just because we were giving away free shit. Yeah. And uh, that's one of those that unfortunately made the trip back. <laughs> nobody, nobody jumped on that Avenged Sevenfold CD. Oh, uh, really? That was there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't give that shit away. <laughs> I had, I had one, 
I had one person walk up and they looked at it. They go, Avenge Sevenfold, and you were gone. I go, it was Rouse. Oh, that's fine. I'm giving it away. So you still, it still look good. Here, want, want, want this crap for free? <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to bring some stuff this year. But uh, I brought a lot more last year because I actually drove there. But, of course, I'll be flying out this year, so I don't know how much I'll be able to bring, but I'm still going to bring some shit to give away. You know, crap that I don't want. Or, you know, we actually, we gave away a lot of good shit, too. I gave away a lot of uh, CDs that I had bought on vinyl and didn't need two copies of them. You know, right now, if I've got it on vinyl and CD, I give a fuck about the CD. Uh, do you even play CDs anymore? Because I never play. Yeah, yeah, I always play my CDs. There's a lot of CDs I buy. I don't, you know, I don't, you know, buy everything on vinyl. Like, you know, there's some CDs I actually purchase still to this day. That I'm like, ah, it's good, I, but I don't want it on vinyl. I'll get it on CD. I, I love CDs. Yeah, I can't remember the last CD I fucking bought. I, well, I take that back. I, I bought some CDs at shows when they didn't have vinyls. Like, uh, when I went and saw Death Angel... I bought the, the Bastard Tracks. I got it on vinyl and CD. I got the CD for my son, because he, he doesn't listen to vinyls. But I got him, like, the CD Blu-ray set. And I got the, the double vinyl for me. Yeah, I but, bought that on CD, too, because it didn't come out on vinyl until, like, like, six months later. Right. But, uh, yeah, man, I, and I've got, I mean, I've still got thousands of CDs. And never play because everything that I've got on CD, you know, I have a I have a digital copy of, and I just, you know, in one way or another, you know, either through my laptop or my phone, uh, you know, I'll go through Bluetooth the speakers in the house and play it or in the car. Um, you know, I never take a CD if it's something I want to listen to. I've got a a copy that's just as good as CD, if not better. Uh, on digital, but I still, you know, I'll buy vinyl, but I don't think I'd buy a fucking CD anymore. But I hear they're making a comeback. Yeah, so, I, never, I never gave up on CDs. Everything comes back again. I mean, even though I thought it was so silly, this, uh, like, hipster resurgence of, of cassettes a couple years ago, which apparently is still going on. I got four cassettes last night for free. And do you, do you even have anything to play them on? Yeah, I have a cassette deck. Okay. Fired it up today and listened to them. It was good stuff I got last night. Yeah. But it, it's fine. I, like, I think even like new cars, you know, you're hard-pressed to find a CD player in it. You know, everything just has, Yeah. you know, like, like a USB port or something like that. It's almost like, you know, went the way of the tape deck. Um, that I love. <laughs> Because I, I slap on my iPod in my car, and I, I'd rather have my iPod than CDs. Because CDs, you know, you, you know, I, I love, I love driving around on shuffle, you know. Oh, I, I do too. I, I that's, that's the way to go. But I remember, God, remember when you used to carry a big thing of CDs in your car? Yep. Yeah. You know, or you had the thing with the, the, the shitty thing that with the sleeves you would put them in, or. Hell, I used to have one, and I used to change it out all the time that held, like, maybe 15 CDs in their cases. You know, it was, like, big plastic, and it was slotted. 
and I was constantly changing CDs and doing all that shit. It's just so much easier now, and to me, the sound quality, uh, you know, is just as good. But I'm still a sucker for vinyl, man. If I really like something, I, I still buy it on vinyl. But I'm only gonna listen to that in my living room, you know, where my record player is. But the other shit I can listen to everywhere. But I, I have seen a lot of stories recently that said, uh, don't sell all your CDs yet because it's coming back or and they're worth money and shit now because I guess hipster kids think it's cool because it's out of date. <laughs> right. I gave away so, nothing but good shit in Nashville. Zeppelin, Sabbath, a lot of cool shit. I didn't take nothing crappy in Nashville. Yeah. Yeah, you're better than me. <laughs> but, but everybody took the good shit and left the bad shit. <laughs> yeah, everybody took everything I brought. But, uh, yeah, man, we gave away a lot of shit. I'm, I'm sure I'll bring some stuff. But, uh, all right, well, next story. Uh, Ex-Metallica bassist Jason Newstead is putting together a new heavy project. And, uh, and we'll, we'll see what happens. He's done so many projects, and none of them ever pan out. And I was so surprised, because when he was in Metallica, you know, he was a guy that still listen to metal, you know, when the rest of them all fucking cut their hair and wanted to be a fucking whatever the fuck they turned into. Cut his hair first. And remember Echo Brain? Yeah, that shit was terrible. Yeah, man. Fuck, fuck. Jason Newstead gets a pass. But he was nothing but Metallica's bitch. Listen to fucking Doomsday for the season. It's like a whole fucking bass solo on that first block somehow. It's godly. It's awesome. But he sold yeah. out you talk about somebody that sold out way before Metallica. Listen to him in Metallica. They hardly make him play. The guy's an amazing bass player. And then he leaves Metallica and he continues to suck as a bass player. And he go, runs around now playing Johnny Cash. And, I mean, yeah. that's cool. I'm not saying that whatever he wants to do is fine with me. But man, really, you're gonna bash Metallica, and not him. He was he was the biggest bitch in Metallica. Well. Yeah, hell of a hell of a paycheck, but uh, yeah, I was expecting he would do something fucking, you know, out heavy Metallica, and to me, he hasn't done it yet. Even his Voivod albums weren't that good. Yeah, but again, I wonder how much input he had on those, you know, or did he just show up and you know keep the beat? Yeah, all I know is you know more power to him and everything he wants to do lives down here now, but uh, right. but. You know, I, if you're going to bash on Metallica, you got, oh, Load sucks, and, and the Black Album sucks, but Jason Newstead's awesome. He was on those albums! Jesus Christ. Yeah, but what they allowed on it, you know? I mean, look what they did to him on Injustice for Crazy. No, but you know? look what they did to him on fucking, on fucking Lo It would have been better if they buried his best face on Load, you know? <laughs> That would have been better. Hey, why don't you take my bass out like you did on Justice for All for these players? <laughs> yeah, take my name off the album. Yeah, take my name <laughs> off it too. Put Bob Rock. <laughs> oh, shit. All right, well, here's something uh, that might interest you. Um, Ario Speedwagon has recruited De uh, Derek Hilliard as the replacement for keyboardist and founding member Neil Daltrey. Who recently came out as uh, what's this say? 
Oh, he came out as straight and left the band. <laughs> uh, uh, I yeah, I like them. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, I, I know you, you, I mean, you even said, you know, you like the, the, the 70s. Yeah, I don't, like, back, I, don't you know? like, I don't like the 80s shit. I don't. Right, right. Would you, would you still go see him? Or have you seen him? I'm going, I haven't seen Ario Speedwagon since 1980. And, oh, really? Oh, yeah. wow. And I'm going to see him this Wednesday. No shit. With no original members. Kevin Cronin wasn't on the first album. Yeah. That's an interesting story. Kevin Cronin joined on the second album. Then they fired him and released like four albums with Mike Murphy. Then they brought him yeah. back for four or five albums. And he's the, you know, he's the only guy that's been around since the second album. You know, Bruce right. Hall went in 78, and the rest of them, you know, in the late 90s. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I, I I saw they were coming. My friend wants to go. So I said, let me look at the set list. And I saw Son of a Poor Man, and I was like, okay, I'm going. They're doing that? Oh, I'll go for that. They're doing Music Man, and a couple other ones from the 70s. A lot of it's crap, you know, they're hits. But yeah, I, I'm going though. I said, dude, pick me up. I'll go. You know, they're gonna, you're gonna drive. Oh. Me. So I'm gonna see oh. anyway for the first time since 1980. Well, well, that answers my my next question was gonna be, uh, is this friend have a vagina or a penis? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you oh my god! He, he likes the 80s Ario fan, so you know, play, oh. play that in your mind. So, so what, what the fuck's Mark Allen Taylor doing in uh, Hylia? <laughs> yeah. I think Mark, yeah, Mark loves that 80s shit. He's got to. Um, are they playing with anybody? Uh, I don't know. I gotta look at the... Oh, you know, fuck. You don't even know if there's anybody else wearing this shit on the bill? I don't know. Oh. I haven't really looked this way. He just called me today over the phone. They're playing oh, okay. like up in Oak Beach. You want to go? I was like, yeah, I'll go. So... You know, I, I, I overlooked that set list first, and then while well, I was on the phone with the guy. And I saw yeah. the son of the poor man, I was like, yeah, I'll go for that. You know, at least Kevin sang on on those on albums he was But yeah, I mean, come on, now it's like no original message. Yeah. Crazy, but whatever, man. Yeah, yeah, but I would say, I would say even with Kevin Cronin, it's kind of more legit than you know, half these foreigner shows don't even have Nick Jones on them, so. Or he comes out for like two songs. Right. Okay. But that, then again, I, you know, I, I saw this scab foreigner and I thought it sounded great. Yeah, it can sound as great as it wants. It's still scab foreigner. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I saw the foreigner four tour, so I can say I actually saw foreigner. What you guys saw was a cover band playing foreigner songs. Yeah. How were they when you saw them? Sucked. Horrible. But oh wow! Really? It was a, it was a really bad situation. They headlined the Orange Bowl, and Ozzy was opening with UFO. Pat no, Pat Travers took place of Ozzy because uh, the day before Randy died in the plane crash. Oh okay. And I already okay. had my ticket, so I went anyway. Show was over at 6 p.m. Ooh. Yeah, and and they were just I don't know. It was also the frame of mind. It's like fuck. I I came here to see Ozzy. And then right. I'm watching them, and I'm like, yeah, Lou Graham's a great singer and all, 
but it was, there was no energy on that stage. I didn't, you know, they didn't really impress me much. So I left the yeah. show. Oh, I'm look. I and, and funny enough, it's all hand-me-downs except for the second, the first album. The first album I bought on my own because I love that song Star Rider, and it was yeah. it was on the radio back then. So I went out and bought the first Warner album. Every album up till four, I've had I have as a hand-me-down. And I like yeah. Dirty White Boy. I like a couple of those songs, but it's not something I would buy, you know? Right. And and by the time Quarter yeah. 4 came out, that's when it turned into, like, you know, Wait for a Girl Like You, and, and that's when they made that shift to, you know, we're a ballad band now, kind of like Ario Speedwagon. They had Jukebox Hero on that song, on that album. I think Urgent was on there, too, right? Yeah, right, no, but, I, I mean, and, and I love both those songs, especially I love the fuck out of Urgent. But, uh, you know, the, the mega hit was Waiting for a Girl Like You, and that was kind of the shift. You know, yeah. like, okay, this is what we're transitioning into now. And they never really got out of that. You know, it got to be where damn near every single off the, you know, the, the albums that came after it, you know, it was all trying to repeat that ballad. And even worse than that, when Mick Jones was taking a break from Foreigner, he went and worked on a Vangina album. Oh, yeah. Damn. Horrible. Fuck, fuck that shit. I would never, ever go see Foreigner unless there was a band on there that I would see. Then I would actually check out Foreigner as a as a goof. Go see how good Kelly Hansen sings Lou Graham shit. But it's not... Oh, good. yeah. Oh, when I... Right. When I saw them, it was at a festival. You know, they were headlining that night. Uh, like I said, he, he sounded great, you know, and... Uh, you know, I don't regret seeing it, but... You know, I probably would have went out of my way if it was just them. You know, like you're going to do with just Ario Speedwagon. <laughs> but, but I, I hope you have fun. I hope you enjoy it. Well, I, I'd go see Ario. I, you know, I would actually go out of my way. But uh, again, uh, you know how many times Ario's been down here and I haven't gone? I mean, yeah. even, you know, because High Fidelity, that was a tour I saw. And there's a few songs I like off High Fidelity, but that's when the shift happened. You know, yeah. and then every time they've been down here after that, which was every fucking tour, and they they've been here with sticks, and I love sticks, and I still didn't go. I wanted to, but for some reason I was like, because all those are in West Palm Beach. It's like, damn, it's an hour and a half. Fuck that. Yeah. Man. So Pompano is about forty minutes, and I'm talking about traffic because it's on Wednesday, so it's gonna be like forty right. minutes to get there. And my friend's driving me, so what the fuck? What the hell? Yeah. You know, Wednesday night, got nothing to do. Let me go let me go take care of that shit. Let me go see Ario one last time, but it's not Ario, it's Kevin DeBro and Friends. I mean Kevin Cronin. Yeah. Kevin Cronin and Friends. Yeah. Well and the good thing is like, you know, it's not like any metal people are gonna see you at that show and goof on you. Yeah, exactly. Nobody <laughs> Oh shit. Um well what I'm, I'm looking through these stories, and, and one song I should have checked out, but I didn't check out, was uh, Stephen Riley released a new single from his version of L.A. Guns. And uh, curious to see what that sounds like, you know, if it sounds close. I saw some live footage uh, of his version, and I gotta say, man, that singer, he did a mean, uh, what the fuck's the guy's name, Lewis? Bill Lewis. Uh, <laughs> Richard Lewis. 
what the fuck's his name? Something Lewis. Anyway. Phil Lewis. Phil Lewis. Phil Lewis. Yeah. Uh, so he did like a really good impersonation of him. And, you know, of course, it was one, you know, one of the older songs. But I'd like to see what he's bringing because today I did listen uh, to the brand new L.A. Gun single, uh, You Betray, off their new album, Black Diamond. Uh, Black Diamonds. And I gotta say, they've been pretty uh, prolific since, you know, him and Tracy Guns hooked up. I think this is like the third or fourth album in, you know, what, maybe six years or so since since they teamed up again. And, uh, you know, what's funny is I got, you know, digital copies of all these albums, but never really fucking checked them out. I was like, I was like let me hear this. I really liked it. Uh, one thing I noticed in the comment section, you know, because everybody bitches on Blabbermouth, uh, people did bitch about the production, and they said that, you know, all of these recent, you know, Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis uh, albums have suffered from, you know, you can tell they're not putting money uh, in on the production end. But uh, it, it did sound a little different, but not necessarily bad. I, I might actually, you know, give the whole album a, a chance. Uh, I, I like the late guns. I mean, I bought the, I bought what the first three albums. I never bought anything else after that. But uh, I don't like them. I, I love that first album. I bought it. Absolutely love it. I, I think every song's good on there, even the ballad. The second yeah. one, I ran out and bought because I love Rip and Tear, and that's the only song I like off that album. Wow. See, I. I love uh, Cocked and Loaded, except for Ballad of Jane. I never, ever want to hear that song again. Uh, but I liked everything else, and I was a big fan of uh, Hollywood Vampires. Yeah, that, I, that I, I, I saw like two videos from it, and I was like, I, I, I give up. Yeah, no, I like, uh, well, you probably hated it, but I like the uh, Kiss My Love, Kiss Your Love Goodbye, or Kiss My Love Goodbye. And uh, Over the Edge, I thought was a good song, and, and there was some other shit. Produced by Michael James Jackson. Hmm. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't know. I, I thought the song was cool. I'd like to hear uh, your thoughts on it. Check it out. Let me know in the oh, next I, episode. I, I, I heard it. I heard it. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, what'd yeah. you think? Uh, I didn't think it sucked. It was a little beefier than what you would hear on everything they did after the first album. But right. same time, it was like, you know, and me, I can't tell bad production. Sound yeah. like whatever, it, you know, good, nice, decent riff. Um, you know, a little sluggish, but I liked it. But in the end, it's not something I would go out and buy. It's like, yeah. And I saw LA Guns like, I don't know, six, seven years ago. They had this Filipino on stage. This motherfucker outshined everybody. What stage presence this guy had? They fired him. They fired him soon after that because the guy was just too good he was a badass what, what was what was he doing singing or no he played or... rhythm he put he just played rhythm guitar and he was a badass he was really? i mean amazing amazing stage presence and i'm I, yeah they did one album with him because i remember they played it, it might have been when phil first got back with tracy and yeah you know, they played a bunch of those songs live, and they're all right. I mean, I don't think they were terrible, but um, it was. But that guy was so good. And when I heard they fired him, I was like, why? And then I thought, oh, wait a second, because he's 
got better stage presence than Tracy and, uh, and, and Phil Pinot. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say because he's Filipino. I was like, I could see it, you know, like fireman if he was French. Yeah. But, you know, what's wrong with the Filipinos? You know? He was good. They, and I, I, I want to look into him, see what he's doing now. Because maybe I, yeah. if he did some solo shit, I bet it's good. That was good. Mm. All right. Well, I'll have to go back and check that out. Yeah. All right. Well, something I, uh, another thing that I heard that I was not impressed with one bit is, uh, did you hear the little snippet? It was just like a TikTok video for you kids. But uh, it was new music being created by Dave Ellison and Jeff Young. No, no. Yeah, not impressed. I was like, well, you're going out there as, you know, the kings of thrash. And the snippet I heard sounded, you know, about as thrash as, you know, the, the new L.A. Guns. It sounded something like Dave Mustaine wasn't involved with, right? <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I don't know, I don't get it. If you're going to call yourself the kings of fucking thrash, and, uh, you know, you think you would put out something thrashy. I'd go, then again, the weird thing about this is like, you know, Dave Elson and uh, Jeff Young, you know, big on the flyer, and then, you know, also Chris Poland. Chris Poland yeah. buried Jeff Young. Oh, yeah. And, I, you know, I was going to get to that. You know, I'm like, why do they keep pushing Jeff Young when they should be pushing Chris Poland? But if you see a lot of these shows, you know, even Chris Poland just comes out and does like a few songs. He doesn't play the whole uh, oh, set. Like, yeah. And what's even more despicable is I've, I've seen footage where uh, they're playing like Poland's on stage and they're doing Poland era Megadeth and Jeff Young is taking more of the you know the licks than Poland wow I'm like wow he should be taking the back seat here you know nothing nothing against Jeff Young I mean you know I love so far so good so what but it's not a pimple of the ass you know of you know the Chris Poland albums and uh yeah, I, I don't know if it's like a lack of commitment from him of why he's not doing the full uh, show, or if it's you know is there you know is there some kind of reason why he can't play a full show? I don't know. But yeah, if you go and check out this little TikTok video, there's like a minute of it, and it's so funny because they're playing it back in the studio, and Ellis is just standing there like giving the horns like yeah, yeah, and I'm like. The fuck are you yad about? I mean, like, there's nothing, there's nothing thrashy about this. There's nothing like stand out about it. Uh, very disappointed. But that being said, a lot of the footage I've seen of this, you know, Kings of Thrash, uh, I like the other band members that they have, and when they play the old shit, it's, it sounds pretty decent. The guy who uh, who does Mustaine's part sounds pretty good, you know. He's doing a he's doing a Mustaine esque voice, but it's not bad. It's definitely you know it's better than when we saw him and fucking uh, that Tom Hazelnut dude was trying to do the Mustaine shit. I mean, it's far better than that. Did I ever tell you I did a show with that guy? With Tom Hazelnut? Yeah, I, I, they asked me to join the Metal Voice. You know, I've been on the Metal Voice many times that Canadian show. 
Oh, 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 uh, you, you, oh, I, okay, I'm sorry, I thought you played a, you meant you played a show with him. Okay. Oh, no, no, I did a show, and he was there, I was like, oh, and I even told him, dude, I interviewed you in Nashville. Yeah, did he try to, like, manipulate the whole fucking show like he did in Nashville? No, actually, he did behave weird enough. He was all right. Oh. All right. Oh, okay. I forgot what we did on that show, but he was all right. And I just recently did The Contrarians with Martin Popoff and a bunch oh, nice. of Judas Priest trivia. I wiped the floor with everybody, even Martin. I knew everything. Nice. I, fucked, I won that shit so badass. I was like, oh. And, and dude, I mean, the people that I was against, like, eight people, they were, none of them were slouches. They knew their shit, yeah. but I won, man. I knew I knew more shit. That, has that has that been aired yet? Yeah, yeah, it's it's up. Check it out. Oh, oh I got I gotta check that one out, man. We gotta get Martin back on this show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll talk to him. Awesome. Um, they released the the first official photo of the new Motley Crew. Did you see this picture? Yeah, 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 I did. Uh. Is that some Photoshop or what? Yeah, Vince looks pretty skinny, don't he? Yeah, and the, the funny thing is I just saw footage of a show he just played and he looked terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and a lot of the comments were like, man, I guess a good photographer can, uh, you know, and it could be the way he's standing or whatever, but I thought he looked like, wow, this guy ain't done shit. No, he looked like me, <laughs> you know. I'm his like, oh. face is much pudgier than his face in that picture. Yeah, yeah. But uh, once again, whoever goes and sees that shit, you get what you fucking deserve. Yep, I've been saying that. All right. Uh, let's see. Last story that I got is, uh, you know, they talked to Zach Wild on these Pantera cancella- uh, cancellations. And he says, hey, you know, there's nothing I can do about it. And uh, yeah, I feel for him, too, because here... You know, him and Charlie are getting this great opportunity. You know, they're probably making some damn good coin on these shows. But, uh, you know, he's got to suffer for what they're coming after Phil for, which still, I I think, is ridiculous. Uh, You know, this cancel culture bullshit. I mean, I I think he paid the price for what he did when he did it. You know, when Down lost a lot of shows. He made his apologies or whatever. But it's like, you know, still you're going to come at him for that? You know, it's just as stupid as when, uh, you know, Metallica got all this uh, press, you know, once that song was on Stranger Things and this whole new audience was discovering Metallica and stuff. And then this kid on YouTube tried to cancel him for all this fucking shit that happened back in the 80s and stuff. It's like, really, you're no, that's some Facebook shit right there. You know? you know, anybody does their thing, okay, you know, you know, do your penance, get your slap on the wrist, but then you go back with your fucking life, you know? Uh, it's fucking stupid. But there has been a lot of talk about people think that this shit can spill over and lead into Metallica losing uh, the opening spot on this new Metallica tour. What do you think? That would suck. I mean, it's not coming my way, but if it did come my way, I'd go really for Pantera. Right. So it would suck. It would suck for the people up there like me that want to see Pantera. But, you know, I mean, 
you know, Pantera tribute. You know, I, I wouldn't travel far to see it, but if it came my way, I'd definitely go see it. Yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think it, it's going to affect that. I think Metallica is still going to take them out because I think that's going to be a huge draw to that pan, uh, the Metallica tour. So I, I think the money's going to talk there. Plus, you know, it, it's bullshit to begin with. You know? I mean, what he did was stupid and whatever, but still. Uh, you know, I think money's going to talk on that. And I think there will be some blowback from these shows getting canceled. And that's just going to make people want to go see it all the more. You know? So. Yeah. So I hope it don't happen. You know, but uh, look at the world we live in. But we saw yeah. Pantera, so, you know, I mean, we'll live. Yeah. Yeah. We, we saw the real Pantera. Many, him. many times, yeah. Diamond Vinny, yeah. Many, many times, yeah. Yeah. But I, but I am happy for people who, you know, never got... Like, my son is so excited, you know, for us to go see it here in Seattle. And I, I'm like, I think that's great, you know, for him to get to hear those songs live. Because that's, you know, as close as he'll ever get. So, I'm all for it, man. And, and I think most people are. Right. All right, well, that's what I, all I got for news. You got anything else uh, you want to add? Yeah, because I know you are the king of blabbermouth. You always go on blabbermouth to get your news. So I yes. thought, oh, we just did a show a couple days ago. There's not going to be a lot of news. So I went to the classic rock and culture news. Classic rock and culture. Mm. Yeah. So here's some rock news from over there. Uh, and it's just a headline. I'm not, I'm not going to click on this link. It says... What Joe Elliott learned from the stadium tour? I really don't care. Do you, Ian? <laughs> no. All right. No, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I guess it'd be that Motley Crue sucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he knew that already. All right, next story. <laughs> Reverend Bruce Springsteen's fanzine closes over ticket price theory. So, basically, he's got, like, a fanzine, and... They they've been around for forty three years, and they wow. yeah, and they stopped doing it because Bruce is charging too much money about that. What do you think of that? Uh, God damn, the boss got canceled. Uh, again, you know, there, there's been a lot of shit about that, and, and Bruce has talked about it. And what it comes down to is these guys sign a contract with Live Nation. Uh, especially acts that are that big. Now, whether you like Bruce Springsteen or not, I mean, he is a concert draw. Uh, but he gets set amount for the tour. And once he signs that, then Live Nation can charge whatever the fuck they want. And that's just the nature of the business. Now, I think a lot of people would be like, well, why would Bruce sign a contract like that? Well... The same reason you see all these artists selling their fucking catalogs. Because ain't nobody buying fucking music anymore. And this is their last chance at, uh, you know, getting money to not only set them up for the rest of their lives, but their, their families and everything. And let's not forget this is the music business. I don't give a fuck who you are. You know, none of these people are out doing this shit for free. The only band that really had any fucking kind of integrity when it came to that was Fugazi, you know? I don't know if you know this, but Fugazi would never charge, I think it was, what, more than 20 bucks for a ticket price and, uh, what, $10 for a shirt? 
through the, the tenure of their band, you know, and that was just a given. But there's not many Fugazis out there, you know. There's a lot more Fugazis, a lot of fakes who just, you know, they want some money, and I get it, it's what they do, and you don't, uh, you know, you don't have that income of, of some of those albums. If you look at the shit, you know, nowadays, what it takes to go to number one, you know, that shit would be like number 72 in 1989. It's, it's just a fact. So, uh, but that the people are that butthurt, that's funny. You've been doing it for 40-something years, and, you know, you give it, but that just shows you it's a fucking business. Yep. Well, look, look at what Metallica's charging, you know? It's, it's insane. Yeah, but... It's the same reason you see all these bands doing these meet and greets, you know? They don't want to do that shit. They don't want to fucking talk to you. They, they'd rather be sleeping off the night before in the fucking van, but they can't fucking do it anymore. You know? That's why t-shirts are fucking $40 at a fucking show now. Because you're not buying the fucking record. You know? But, but what do they got to do? I mean, you got to think, you know, a lot of these people, you know, they ain't got a lot of money. You know, the only way to make money anymore is the tour. That's it. Tour, tour, and merch is the only way you're making money these days. So, is what it is. You know who died? George R. Robertson. You know who that is? George R. Robinson. He was in the Police Academy movies. He played Chief Harry Hurst. That can't be the same guy that got the blowjob, right? In in the uh, with the podium where he thought uh, it was what's his face? Yeah, yeah. I thought his name was George something, but he died a long time ago. Well, I guess he's part of the sequel. He died, and so did Melinda Dillon. She was in yes, close to see that. And Slapshot, yeah. one of my favorite movies, Slapshot. Yeah, and and also best known as the Mom and Christmas Story. There you go. All right, next yep. door. Click here to listen to John Oates' new single, Disconnected. Should I click, Ian? Nope. <laughs> and, I, and this is coming from a big Hall and Oates fan. Nope. <laughs> I, I agree with you. You know, that, <laughs> I see I see here, Prince invited Shania Twain to make the next Rumors album. What's up with that? Say what now? Prince invited Shania Twain to make the next Rumors album. Like, I guess they were going to make an album like Rumors? I don't know. When was this? Because Prince has been dead for a while now. Uh, two years ago. Uh, two days ago, they posted this. But, you know, I mean, she, I guess this is something that was in the works before he died. Huh. All right. How, yeah. about, how about this story, Ian? Fuck that story. Why did I even bring that up? <laughs> You know that Les Claypool is going to cover Pink Floyd's Animal <coughs> in a 2003 tour. Did you know that? <laughs> well, yes, he did that in 2003. Uh, he's resurrected a project he called he uh, that's called Les Claypool's Flying Frog Brigade. And it was him and a bunch of other musicians. They did a live album that's... Uh, all of animals. I think it's fucking incredible. And they're coming here, and I'm going to see it. I'm looking forward to it. And once they're going to play 
every show they're going to play Animals in its entirety and, um, and, and plus some other songs and shit. Yeah, I'm going. Right on. Uh, Shirley died, man. Laverne and Shirley. Yeah, Cindy Williams. Yeah, she did. She was in uh, in American Graffiti. And yeah, and then, you know, yeah. Go ahead. <coughs> Go ahead. I was I was gonna say, and thinking about it, now the only one uh, left is Lenny, because Laverne's dead, Shirley's dead, Squiggy's dead, uh, the Big Ragu's dead. Really, Big Ragu died. Yeah, he died a couple years ago. Oh. Didn't yeah. He? Yeah. <laughs> Probably you, me, and five other people who know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> hey, Big Ragu was a badass. The Big yeah, Ragu was. <laughs> All right, let me see here. Next story, let's see. Jane's Addiction hires Josh Klinghoffer as Dave Navarro's stand-in. What do you think of that? Yeah, uh... Matt, you want to talk about shitty timing. I, I know you hate the band. But I'm excited because Eric Avery came back again for like the third time. And to me, it's not Jane's Addiction without him. I think all of the new music, you know, the albums that they've done since he left, uh, don't hold a candle to the shit, you know, when he was in the band. And he was a big part, you know, he was like... He was to Jane's Addiction what Izzy Stradlin was to Guns N' Roses. And definitely in the new music without him. I mean, there's a few songs that I like, but to me, it just doesn't sound like it. So I was so excited when he came back. And now they say, you know, Navarro keeps canceling shows due to long COVID. And, uh, yeah, I don't think I would go see, as much as I want to see him with Eric Avery, I don't think I would go with this other guy. Uh, playing guitar. I mean, he's a good guitar player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, but yeah, I ain't gonna go see it. I am. No, just, you're not. Just, <laughs> just, I'm gonna go see it just to spite you. <clears throat> All right, check oh. it out. This is the last story. All Boy, right. This is weird. It says here, darkness wants to write the stupidest song ever. I mean, didn't they already do that? Uh, a bunch of times. Yeah, over and over. Everything I've heard is the dumbest song I've ever heard. <laughs> They're all tied. They, they can actually make it dumber than that? Yeah, but, but I, I respect the uh, the balls of this, you know, because that's saying something. To do the dumbest song ever, you know, they, they're going to have to work on it. I think, I think it would be harder to do that than it would be for them to write a great song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to outdo their stupidness would be pretty impressive. Don't we yeah, have to yeah. refute one of those shitty albums? What's that? Don't Did we have we do to refute those shitty albums? Didn't we already do it? Ugh. Damn. I forgot how that did if we did. Yeah, I don't know. I, and the funny thing is, I actually don't mind the first album. But uh, it got old real quick. And, and I've tried to listen to the new shit and give it a chance, but it's like nails on a chalkboard. Well... That being said, we are at number 12, Ian. That's right. 12 more oh, yeah? episodes to go. So after this, it'll be 11. We're, we're, we're approaching the, the, the 10. 
the 10 countdown. So we're at 12 now. Oh, well, that being said, I'm going to do something you're going to hate, dude. But uh, hold on. Give me a second here. Bear with me. I want to bring this up. Because I'm going to give these people a last chance. Oh, I can uh, read it off if you want me to. Uh, oh, you, you got the, the yeah. list of the names? Okay. Yeah. Diego Pizarro, Tyson yeah. Brown, Eric Westhoff, Ryan Steifert, uh, Chris Kaiser, Josh Hill, Tyler Finman, Matthew Kuman, uh, Mike Tyler, and J- Jim uh, Reynolds. And then on the bottom he wrote, no money amount or episode selected by Sean Cullen. So, yeah. All yeah. right, that's it. No more. You're not listening. Not <laughs> yep. We're done. Yeah. And, and actually, I'm looking at this. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I only see ten we have left. Oh, you want me to read them off? Well, wait a minute. Let's see. Right? Well, here's people in pain to guess that we have to coordinate. Ryan T. Russell, Jose Gonzalez, Mr. T, Brian Rinquist, Jeff Beers. Those are ones who are going to guess. Uh, Richard Canamir, which we're going to do with Aaron Camaro. Uh, Connor Stratton. Dude, I don't have Richard Canamir here. Written here. So that, that this makes it episode 13. Hold on now. Hold on. Let me just read. Uh, if I got 10 right in front of me, I'll read them off. Okay. Connor Stratton, Cauldron, uh, Ron T. Uh, Russell, uh, Top 25 Beatles songs, Jose Gonzalez, Misfits, Walk Among Us, Mr. T, Oh No, It's Devo, Pixies, Do Little, David Bowie, The Next Day, Scott, I mean, Seb Scottman, uh, Frank Zappa. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on a second. Let me correct you on that. Mr. T, there was ones he had to pick from. And he picked, oh no, it's Devo. So Pixies and David Bowie next day were choices that he had, but he picked Devo. So that's just one there. Oh, so that brings it down to even less. All right, and then we have Ryan Rusquist with the Dickies. Jeff with Locks Action Hero. And Marco... Palatroke with Riff, Cassie K- K- Rock, and uh, Corey Robertson, uh, David Bowie, Ziggy Stardust. Yeah, I believe Corey sent me a message. I have to double check. I think he picked, He ended up picking a different album. Good. Uh, yeah, we got, uh, I don't know, did you say Seb Scottson with the Frank Zappa? Shake your booty? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I see 10 without the people who, who didn't answer. Let me count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven. Yeah, I see eleven. Yeah. Um, yeah, eleven, including this one. Right? No. Ryan T. Russell, one. Jose Gonzalez, two. Mr. T, three. Ryan Runquest four, Jeff Beers five, 
Richard Canamere, six. Connor Stratton, seven. Renee, or no, um, Seb Scottson, eight. Adulto, tw- uh, nine. And Corey Robinson, ten. What's it, what's Brian want? Brian who? You said Brian. Ryan. Oh, no, I, I, I said Ryan. Oh. That's the Dickies. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So we're getting there. We're getting there. I'm seeing nine. You see ten. Well, I'll just play it by ear. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's knock one down and do this one for Adam Marshall. We are doing the debut uh, studio album from Sadist. And uh, this, this album is known by a couple names. It was originally released as Illusions and then in 1988 and it was re-released on CD by Roadrunner in 1991 as Chemical Exposure. And that's what he requested. Chemical Exposure. So, uh, Ralph, what is your your history with Sadist? And, uh, you know, are you a fan? Do you know a lot of their stuff? What's up? I don't know a lot about them, though I do own one CD called Swallowed in Black. I saw them open for death back then and I bought the CD at the show and I really love that she- CD. I've heard more of their stuff later on but I only own uh, Swallowed in Black and that's all I really know. I know that Giorgio is part of the band and John Allen who's a great drummer and part of the band but I don't really know much more about them. Yeah, I I, I had heard of this band uh, you know I always saw like the logo and I heard about you know everybody always talks about uh, you know Steve DiGiorno pizza uh, you know great bass player great bass player I mean and didn't he play with death yeah he played with death he plays with testament now actually just saw him with testament um, but I never listened to any of their stuff and, and I got their discography years ago and uh, never checked it out and I just had a funny feeling I was going to hate it. And I think you even mentioned to me when I told you this is one of the albums we had to do. You're like, oh, you're going to fucking hate it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it must be metal. <clears throat> but yeah, I never, never heard it before. Um, but, you know, I've heard a lot of people talk about the band. You know, a lot, a lot of people who are into this kind of stuff. And uh, I, I don't know, listen to this. Is this considered... Death metal to me, it's kind of—I I don't know if I'd call it death metal. More, you know, just heavy thrash. I hear more of a thrash element than uh, than death. Well, yeah, I hear the dirty thrash of the German metal bands kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, that's a good call. Like some destruction or some creative, you know, yeah, Sodom shit like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and I listened to this uh, one and a half times today. Getting get ready for this. And uh, you will see what I think. Uh, oh, fuck it. I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll take the first track. Certain Death. Wow. Sounds like somebody likes Slayer. Uh, I like the guitars. And that's something, uh, you know, you'll hear me say a lot. The guitar players, you, you know, when you hear about this band, everybody's like, uh, 
Yeah, Steve DiGiorno, Steve DiGiorno. Uh, and I've never heard of any of the other guys in this band. But I think there's some really good uh, guitar playing on this. But definitely you hear some Slayer worship. Uh, particularly, I hear a lot of like Show No Mercy, you know, Hella Waits era. But man, even in the soloing, you know, because, you know, Jeff and Carrie have a very distinct uh, guitar tone. And I, I know, you know, I know a few people that, you know, really love thrash, but hated Slayer. And they said the reason they hate it, well, one guy was for religious reasons. And another guy was like, oh, the guitarists are horrible, you know, compared to what they compared, you know, Megadeth and Metallica to and stuff like that. But, uh... I definitely hear, I have more than any other band, uh, I hear Slayer in these guys. Early, early Slayer. Um, not horrible, but very primitive. And uh, the production leaves a lot to be desired to my ears. What do you think? Uh, crushing fast riffs, fast vocals. I think it's some great stuff, and I love this track. Pretty damn good first time hearing it today. Uh, next one's called Undead, and goddamn, the ridiculous musicianship from everybody in this band is so tight, and it's, this song is just pure aggression. I think it's awesome. What do you think? Um, again, I put, again, stellar playing, but uh, the production is, is what got me. This really, it sounded like a demo almost to me, but, but what's... Really, kept, you know, I was surprised as much as I heard about, you know, Steve DiGiorno, I, I thought this was going to be like a thrash Primus. You know, I thought it was going to be bass everywhere. But to me, I, I mean, these songs are dominated by the, the twin guitars and the drums. The vocals leave a lot to be desired with me. Uh, not horrible, but very reminiscent of how you know, Araya sang on the first two albums. And, and maybe even Rain of Blood a little bit, you know. But I think, you know, Araya, uh, I loved how his vocals changed after, you know, like from uh, South of Heaven on. I think he really found that sweet spot in his singing. Uh, you know, he, he never again sounded like he did on the first two albums, you know, getting that high and shit like that. Uh, this guy's voice definitely reminds me of the, like the high-pitched screams and stuff he did on Show No Mercy, and to some extent, Hella Waits. But uh, not not a bad song. Not a bad song. Um, yeah, again, I'm surprised. Uh, like I said, I never heard of these guitar players. Do you know of them going on to to other bands or playing with anybody else? Yes, but I can't remember offhand. But I, okay. yeah, they, they did form other bands. Or okay. other bigger bands. Oh, okay. All right, what do you what do you think of uh, uh, Undead? Or no, you already said that. Yeah. I'm sorry. You go to the next All right. All right. Sadist Attack. Short and sweet, but thrashing. I, I dug it, and uh, it didn't overstay its welcome. And it's kind of funny, uh, you know... I would say three quarters of this album is very short. And as much as I think musically, um, you know, you can tie it to the first two Slayer albums, 
I think Rain and Blood inspired it too, because you have a lot of short songs on here, just like on Rain and Blood. I, I definitely heavy, heavy Slayer worship. What do you think? Yeah, it's like the first track, fast and crushing, with a screaming skull singing. Uh, it's cool. I dig it. I dig Satan's Attack. Next one is called Torture. And this one's even more insane than the, all these Pat tracks. Pure adrenaline, man, in this fucking song. Love it. What do you think of Torture? Definitely not Torture to my ears, but starting to sound the same a lot. Um, and that, that that's one thing. I wish there was a little bit more variety on this album. And there's some songs coming up where they do uh, stretch out a bit. And I, I honestly enjoy those songs a lot more. Uh, but again, on all this stuff, I'm really blown away by the guitar players. And I just wrote, you know, how did these guys not blow up the same way that uh, DiGiorno has, you know, all this praise and everybody talks about him. But I, I think these guys uh, deserve a lot of the credit, at least on this release. I don't know on the other. The only thing I did check out uh, was their last album, uh, Out for Blood. Because I just I, I wanted to see, like, well, what do these guys sound like with a more modern production? I think that album was 2008 or whatever. And I definitely like the sound better, you know, sound-wise. The singer, a little bit more legible on the new shit. But what I loved is finally another band discovered the genius of Iron Maiden's Invaders. And uh, they did a damn good Invaders cover on that album. I thought it was pretty damn good. Uh, but yeah, not bad, but, you know, I, I I don't know. You can see there's a lot of room for growth here. And I, I'm sure if I took the time to check out the other albums, I would probably, uh, you know, I'd probably see that. But uh, I'll take the next one. And then you die. Not horrible, but would I listen to this again? Probably not. Uh, we've reviewed a lot of albums here that, you know, like there's no way, I know there's no way in hell I'll ever check it out. Like that, that, the fucking Trouble album we did a couple days ago. I know for sure I wouldn't listen to that. This one, I, I gotta be honest, I probably wouldn't go back to this album, but I think I'm more likely to check out the rest of their catalog. But this one's, you know, just not doing it for me. Maybe if I grew up with it or had more of a, you know, an attachment to it, I might go back. But to me, it just sounds very, uh, you know, almost amateurish, which, which sounds weird because technically they're very skilled, but I think song-wise, you know, you, you can tell they're great musicians, but I think they're capable of a lot better songwriting. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's just as insane as the last track. <clears throat> just a tinge faster. Uh, I can still get into this. This is, this is a really good track. Next one's called Hands of Fate. <clears throat> this one's vicious. More of a slower intro, and the vocals kick right in when the song starts, and... Then it pummels and it gets kind of fast toward the end, and uh, I give it a thumbs up. What do you think of Hands of Fate? Uh, I put, okay, total, total fucking Slayer here. But uh, at least they change it up a bit. Uh, I dig it. This is my favorite on the album so far. Uh, 
but I really appreciate how this one stands out where a lot of the other tracks kind of bleed together. Like if you were to put it back on, I, I couldn't tell you which one's which. This one sticks out, but in a great way. I dig this one. Uh, next one, Twisted Face. This one's okay, but again, it's falling back into the, the sound the same category. And I just need a little bit more variety. I think they're very skilled, but, you know, I, I mean, with this kind of metal, I mean, there's only so many places you can go, but uh, they need to go there for me. But not bad. What do you think? Uh, I love the drumming on this one. John Allen is insane. And uh, this song really shows, shows off their chops. I think it's a great tune. I dug it. Next one, Fight or Die. Almost a galloping intro to this one. And again, insane musicianship. I dig Fight or Die. What do you think? Oh, shit. I like this riff. I, I love the way this one starts out, starts chugging. Uh, this would probably be tied for my favorite. Go, you know, go back and forth with, uh, with Hands of Fate. Um, I really like this one. But, man, I got the feeling th this singer's going to shit himself. If he keeps singing like this, just, yeah. just the way he screams, I, I, I just I, I envision his face like, ah, you know, the, you know, and a turn just pops out, which uh, I, I was surprised to learn he's he's one of the guitar players too, that's singing it, and, and you listen to the guitar work and like, man, this is some pretty intricate shit to be playing and, and still handle vocals, you know, and uh, I mean. Dude, to me, really, there's only like a handful that play that kind of intricate shit and still sing. You know, Mustaine being one of them. Uh, you know, and uh, you know Chuck from Death. You know, uh, again, James, James plays some tight ass fucking rhythm. You know, probably the tightest fucking rhythm and sing. But I mean, these guys, uh, you know, I don't really hear a rhythm guitar player. I hear two lead guitar players just fucking battling out. Like it's fucking Thunderdome, you know. Right. Uh, but I think, and I love the outro on this. You know, it can, there's a little bit of a shift up, you know, at the at the end. And uh, yeah, I fucking dig that one. That's for damn sure. All right, uh, I'll take the next one, which is Illusions. Uh, definitely feel this one. Uh, I like the different vocals on this. I think that's what sticks out the most to me. I, I think this is the best sounding, uh, this singer-guitar player. His name is Darren Travis. So I, I want to give both these guys, Darren Travis and Rob Moore, the guitar players for this band. And uh, and you already mentioned John Allen on drums and, of course, Steve Giorgio on bass. But uh, you actually, I, I really... You actually said his, his name right now. Yeah, I, I thought I'd do it at least once. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really like what he did here, and I think if he did a little bit more of this, it, it might help out some of the other songs. But uh, shit, yeah, top three, uh, no, no problems here. I like the song "Illusions," which you know originally would be the title track. What do you think? Yeah, on the first listen, this one is my favorite. It's relentless insanity, and it's a killer fucking song. I love Illusions, really good. All right, the last song is called Chemical uh, Exposure, which is just a pointless ending. Only guitar noises, don't care for it. 
Yeah, I, I put, well, this is some what's down in the basement shit. You know, you know this, this sounds like an interlude that should have came in the middle of the album somewhere. You know, almost like an intro. Uh, a weird way to end it. You know, I, th I think Illusions would have been a much better uh, final song for it. But uh, there you go. That's our review. It was originally released July 1988, uh, released as Illusions, then re-released as Chemical Exposure in 1991. Uh, it's been re-released multiple times. There's a 2006 edition with uh, a couple of demos, and there's a 2007 reissue with a whole other disc of uh, demos. But I got to say, in all honesty, while it didn't, drive me fucking nuts and I enjoyed it more than uh, I thought I would I'm probably you know there wasn't enough here to, to bring me back but who knows that you know I might load up one of the other discs on shuffle and something will come across and could be one of my new favorite bands you never fucking know definitely heard worse yeah, I, love, I, I love Swallowed in Black that album's just fucking amazing so since this is the first album well, I'm sure I've heard them play some of these songs live as well. So how, how would you compare the, the next album to this? Um, well, I'm more used to it, so to me it's a little more... Um, I wouldn't word, use the word catchy, but it did more for me. It like really gripped yeah. me, and, and it's, it's just as brutal as this. You know, but I think the songs were better. But these songs are great. You know, I, didn't, I only signed yeah. a lot song on here but swallowed in black i still like more right well well then i love that because that's my one thing it's like i see a lot of potential here <coughs> excuse me but uh yeah I, I don't think it, i think if they improved on the songwriting and what you say you know they did that on the next one so yeah i would be willing to give that a chance right all right well well, uh, there you go, a short but sweet interview, I mean, a review, and uh, hey, we didn't both hate it, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, a fan episode we, we, where we didn't hate it, at least one of us. But but now it's time for me to shine. Sing that song, Ralph. It's the only time of the week that it's okay to say, Ian before Ralph, pick of the week. All right, and as I was just saying a couple days ago, uh, really lately all I've been listening to is uh, Grand Funk Railroad and Uriah Heap and uh, so this week I'm going to pick a Uriah Heap album and kind of a different one and I was surprised I put up a uh, classic or crap of uh, my, one of my favorite songs off the album on the Facebook page and the majority of the people liked it um, which is weird because it's from an era of uh, Uriah Heap that's not really finally looked upon by a lot of old-time fans and that's the john lawton period he did three albums with the band starting with this album that i picked firefly in 1977 and i know martin popoff uh you know, big uriah heat fan and he is not a fan at all of the john lawton era and i can kind of see that as you know, if you were really into, like, the first era, the, the David Byron era of Uriah Heep, uh, and then you hear this, I could see it being a total shock. But as somebody who was, like, 
you know, used to be a casual fan, and now I'm getting more into them. Uh, it doesn't bother me as much. Uh, and I like it, but it's definitely... And I know this is going to sound horrible, but the way I would describe it is like going from Paul Rogers' Bad Company to Brian Howe Bad Company. And, you know, there's some Brian Howe Bad Company that I don't mind, but it does, it sounds nothing like Bad Company to me. It sounds like a totally different band. Definitely a more commercial band. And this is definitely a more commercial era. You can't really blame the singer, though. Uh, at this point, all of the songs were written by Ken Hemsley, uh, the keyboard player, and he was taking them in, in more of that direction. In fact, the lead singer wanted to do heavier shit, but, you know, he's the new guy in the band, and Ken's the guy that wrote all the songs that were considered hits anyway, so they just kind of let him go with it. But I think for what it is, uh, it's a really good album, but it's it's hard rock. Definitely more hard rock than than... You know the early prototype metal that Uriah Heep was known for, but I think I think it's worth checking out. But again, that's you know coming from somebody that's a casual fan, and I think you know you definitely see that in music, like how I came on board with Maiden with Somewhere in Time, and I liked that, so it was easier for me to accept all of it. To where you saw Iron Maiden grow and then go that way, so to you you're like ah fuck this shit. You know, and I get that. You know, I was there for early Metallica, so when they went kind of soft, I was like, ah, oh, fuck this shit. But if somebody discovers, you know, the Black Album and they're good with that, it's it's easier to take shit like Load, I think. But Uriah Heat Firefly, that is my pick of the week. All right, my pick of the week <clears throat> is Manscape. <laughs> oh, they're not paying us yet. So, yeah, uh, I pick a CD I bought yesterday. I saw this band yesterday. I mean, I've seen this band a million times. They're a local band called Hibernus Mortis, who got signed. Um, they released an album called The Monoliths of Cursed Slumber. And it is fucking amazing. Pure, dirty, old-school death metal in the vein of incantation type stuff. And uh, it's brutal. It is brutal. And, uh, yeah, I should mention it on the Satis episode. You want to hear some more Brutal? Check out Hibernus Mortis with the monolith of Cursed Slumbers. Ooh, you said they got signed. Who they, who they signed to? Uh, Blood Harvest Records. Oh, that's not a major label. I'm not going to check it out. Okay. <laughs> oh! Well, I got you here. I need to ask you because I was drunk and forgot. After our last episode, I went and downloaded the uh, Gentle Giant discography. Which one was your pick of the week? I think it was Civilian. Oh, and that's fun. That's what I thought it was. And it was funny. I was I was looking up doing some research on them, and that's their worst reviewed album. And they said that's the album that broke up the band. It was their last studio album. Well, there you I go. Listen to, Don't trust I my listened to it, though. I didn't mind it. Yeah, it's pretty good, right? It's weird. Yeah, I, I liked it, and I actually went back and listened to an older album, and I was like, ah, I like that civilian one more. Oh, but, man. uh, no, good idea. You got me to check out something different, so thank you. Right on, so, man. Cool. A reminder to everybody, check out 
Don't just fucking listen to these pick of the weeks, man. Go check this shit out. You never know what you're going to find. Yeah. If you like the death metal, check out that new Hibernus. He's badass. Hibernus Mortis, the monolith of Kurt Slumber. Yeah, but but if you want a death band that's on a major label, you know, check out Cannibal Corpse. Well, I was talking about uh, not you. <laughs> no, awesome, awesome. I'm glad you like, glad you supported them, man. That's killer. Yeah, right. All on. right. Well, now it's time to go into fan of the week, and man, we got another legend, man. Two legends in a row. This week, Adam Marshall. Oh my God. I love that dude. Fuck yeah, man. The crazy brother from Down Under. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a it's a pleasure doing this one for you, and you didn't drive us nuts with it, so that's great. But I mean, what more can be said about this guy? Just awesome! Another, you know, rock and metal combat lifer. This guy's been around forever and is still around, still contributes to the page. And uh, man, goddamn, we gotta. Maybe if we make some of that Manscaped money, we can afford to go to Australia because we got some fucking amazing fans there, you know? Yeah. And we ain't going to... Shave your pubes, goddammit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> promo, car, promo code Rock and Metal Combat. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, uh, man, just an incredible fan base, and, and Adam is just, a, you know, a good friend, and, uh, you know... I always love when I get to talk to him. I need to talk to him again, but fuck, it costs a pretty penny when you call Australia. <laughs> Trust me. Um, but man, thank you, brother, and we hope you appreciated this episode. And uh, you know, we know it's kind of brief, but uh, hey, at least we didn't go on and on saying about how much it sucks. Yeah. Good stuff. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, with that one, another fan episode down. And uh, this one will probably be up shortly. Uh, you know, we're going to knock this shit out. And then and then you guys will never get another chance to pick again. <laughs> yeah, fuck you all. Love, 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 love. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, if you enjoyed this, we implore you to come back next week. I mean, we were paid to do it. You, you, you get to do it for free. Come back next week and see what else these guys pick right here on the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast.